How's it hanging, everybody? Welcome back. Sorry for the rather massive delay. Last time we did a show was two weeks ago. Yes. We realized that. Our apologies. We were rather busy last week. Um, didn't yeah, we really were. have the time to record a show. So it'll be a bit of a double reaction show this time around. Uh, Cincinnati taking on ECU and Houston these past two weeks. Um, I was in Red River Gorge this past weekend, uh, so that was you? why... You want to introduce her? You want to introduce us? Yeah, sure, why not? I'm Sean McMahon, joined by Alex Frank, as always. I always forget to introduce us. How was, uh, how was Red River Gorge? It's pretty nice. I needed a mental refresh from school. It's It's been nothing short of hell, but uh, <laughs> let's let's just go ahead and get into it. This whole it. year. This whole year has been... Yeah, really the whole year has, but for me, it was like the last month. And by the way, our show does have a little more significance today, the name of the show, because... Um, people in Cincinnati are actually using the 275 loop because they have to. Yeah, because, yeah, Brent Spence, good old... That would have time. been last week. It, last week, Wednesday morning, was when the uh, incident occurred. Yeah. And we were going to, we, we were going to record that night. So it would have been interesting. Yeah, we got, I got kind of screwed on the, on the drive down there because I had to go a totally different route. I had to go, um, I had to hop on 71 to 471 to 275 to over to 75 down it doesn't Lexington. really add that much time to it, if you think about it. it I mean, it kind of does. I mean... It is a little bit out of the way. It adds quite a bit of time. It's, it's nothing that's too horrible, but... I mean, it would have probably saved us about 20 minutes. Uh, we got there just fine. But anyway, uh, so let's get into this really quickly. We're going to be very, very swift uh, in talking about these previous two games. Uh, Cincinnati ranked number six, taking on Houston at home. Bearcats obviously advanced to 6-0 and after the end of that game. Uh, and then they dropped in the rankings the next week. Or, well, I should say that week, I guess. They dropped to number 7. They were, they were hurdled by, uh, by Florida. Which was fine. Which people predicted and they said was going to happen. So I wasn't shocked that it happened, but nonetheless, I was pretty mad. But it is what it is, I guess. Um... But the Houston game, um, but Houston put up a little bit of a fight. They they were a little mm. scrappy, uh, just a little bit. I mean, for, they're, for a brief for the second quarter. I mean, they listen when it was fourteen to seven. I was a little bit nervous. Sure, but let's be honest. Houston got ran over. Yeah, no, they did, but... I mean, I, we ran them over in that game. But Clayton Toon still, I mean, he threw for 189 yards. Oh, whoop they do Oh, well, no, I'm just saying, against this Bearcat defense, and they had some pretty good deep plays, um, and they had the, the one really long touch... No, that was Memphis, I lied. Uh, but, I don't know, they had, they had a couple of good, really long plays, and that could expose some holes in the Bearcats' defense, and that scares me because, you know, mm. we're playing UCF this weekend, which we'll get into later. Yeah, UCF is a pretty tough team. I mean, they're the top-passing team in the league, and they're the highest... Um, they have the top-ranked offense in college football. Yeah. So, But, Sean, you mentioned the big plays in the Houston game that the Cougars were able to hit, particularly in the second quarter. Do you remember Nathaniel Dell... Number four caught mm -hmm. a caught a deep pass, and he was on his way to the end zone. He he juked a he juked a corner or a safety on the far sideline, and he cut back to the middle of the field. And I thought he was going to the end zone, but Derek Forrest comes flying in to make a touchdown saving tackle. Yep, the Cougars get three points out of it. Yeah, they only get three, 
And then the Bearcats, aided by a long kick return by Trey Tucker, mm-hmm. and then a what I call a pass run option. You know how we run a lot of RPOs. We do, yeah. So this time Ritter dropped back into the and the, zone reads, and then at the well. last second, yeah, zone reads too. And at the last, in the last second, he tucks the ball into Jared Dokes's gut, and Dokes has gone down the far sideline. Mm-hmm. And then the great touchdown pass to Josh Wiley. Yeah, that was a good touchdown. Completely pass. flipped the momentum. Yeah, after that, I mean, it was pretty much you know it was all Cincinnati, but you know, I mean, Houston put up a little bit of a fight while they still had energy. Um, but you know, maybe they potentially found a little couple of holes in the in the Bearcat defense um, that UCF might be able to see on film and potentially expose, which worries me a little bit. Um, and I don't know how good UCF's defense is. Um, They're not very good, but they've been better recently. Okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see how they how they do against this much more high powered Bearcat offense, which I feel like has been running a better. I can't better... believe we're saying that now. It's it's much more high power than it was last year. That is for sure. Well, let's let, let's um, let's think thanks about to that. Ritter. I mean, really, I'm gonna say it. Like I, he proved me wrong. He's doing great, and I'm glad he did. I mean, he's he's, he's been, doing really well. He's been spectacular the previous four games. Yeah, yeah. What, what he's. I mean, he had 327 passing yards against ECU. Now, granted, ECU's defense is horrible. Yeah. Uh, 271 against Memphis. Again, their defense is horrible, but still, you find, I mean, you have to understand, it's hard to put up those kinds of numbers. It's mm-hmm. hard. I mean, there's a lot that goes into, you know, a play where if you're the quarterback, you gotta get, you're, there's so many things that happen. You gotta make the right decision. You gotta throw to the white guy. It's easier said than done. If you think it's easy, you go out there and try to play quarterback and you have 300 pound bodies coming at you. So, um, I lost my train of thought there. So, you mentioned UCF's ability, you know, to hit the deep plays, but they struggled with them last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were times. I mean, you saw Justin Harris had a great pass breakup on one of the plays, um, and and I just felt like UCF's offense, it still put up over four hundred yards. It still was effective, but the Bearcats just did a really fantastic job of limiting the big plays. But I think I think that game might have been the least number of yards of offense they had all year. I think. It would not shock me if that was the case. I think that was the least number. Because they average, I think, uh, this year at least, I think they average like over 600 yards of offense. 618 yards a game. That is only five yards off the FBS record. Yeah. Do you know who? Do you know? I did not know this, but apparently that is held by the 1989 Houston Cougars. I would have never guessed that in my life. I would have guessed like Oklahoma or yeah. I was gonna say like maybe the 2000 Oklahoma Sooners or something. Not even like ironically, who was their quarterback? Josh Heupel. Yeah, Josh Heupel. Yeah, who is now the head coach of UCF. Um, let's you know, let's see if that was the the, the lowest yardage total because I feel like it was. I feel like it. I feel like it had to be. I mean, that was again. That was a really good Bearcat defense even last year, and it's even better this year. But the so. thing, but the thing that makes the defense better this year, Sean, and I mentioned this on Monday on our Bengals reaction show, is that last year the defense was so opportunistic. This year they're like, all right, we're not going to rely on taking the ball away from you. We're just simply not going to let you get any yards on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Darian Beavers put it that way, basically. I mean, you realize, I mean, you realize ECU, oh yeah, they're greedy. Yeah. You realize ECU last year had 550 plus yards on us? I remember that. Do you know how many they had on um, Friday night last week? Uh, I don't. I'm going to throw it in the ballpark, though. I'm going to say 250. 298. Okay. Very close. Whole Nylers threw for four, 535 yards on us last year. Didn't even hit 100 on 
Friday night. I mean, he threw a couple of interceptions, too. Threw a pick six, and then he threw one to uh, James White, Wiggins. Jarrell White at pick six, Wiggins at interception, and so did Kobe Bryant. Brought Kobe had a, yeah, that's right. So three yeah. interceptions, yeah. It, it was, and then, was there a fumble? There was, there was Man, a fumble. he picked on Kobe last year. There was a fumble. He... Oh, gosh, did he ever. There was a fumble in the last play of the game. By the way, UCF, um, where are the stats? Uh-oh. Oh, well, oh, I bet there's, it's about a ton of the game logs. Okay, so we look at we look at the total offense last year for UCF. Good gosh. 694, 574, 545, 423. Okay, so we were tied with Pitt for Oh, that's right. They lost to Pitt. Now the interesting thing is they ran 88 plays that night. Wow, that's a lot of offense. <laughs> They're deep cuz I remember this cuz they can go so quickly. Yeah, but the other thing is you have to remember that they still picked up some first downs. Like, they still had... How many first downs did they have in that game? 12? 12? No. 29. Okay, 29 first downs. Which Jeez. was one of their highest totals. Which shows you they had to help, They had to hold on to the ball for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. See, it's it's very unique how you're, how you're supposed to play UCF. It's very unique because... Not only do you have to focus on stopping their high-octane offense, but the complementary football aspect comes into it, Sean, because you have to, your defense has to, you know, create stops. But then your offense shouldn't just go down the field like that to score. Like, you need time-killing drives. Yeah, that is the thing about UCF is like, yeah, their offense is very effective. It is. But, like you said, they don't really waste clock which I think is something that Cincinnati is very good at. I think you look at this Bearcat team and you look at the time of possession, I think Cincinnati has won the time of possession battle in every game so far this year. I'm pretty sure. Like I don't think I've seen one game where that was the case, that, that Cincinnati didn't own the time of possession. Because they, they're really good at killing the clock on, on offense. And you know what's interesting about that is? We saw it in the Houston game. The first drive for the second half, Took over nine minutes. Yeah, it did. Took a while. And there were those after the game, and rightfully so, who were complaining that we didn't run up the score. Listen, you beat a team by twenty-eight points. I'm not going to hold it. I'm not going to criticize. The That's four touchdowns, exactly. people. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we could have run up the score maybe a little bit further, but at the same time, that's still four touchdowns. And it's a good Houston team. You can say, "Oh, they're three and three, and this is the American." Okay, fine. It's still a good team that you beat by 28. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, and then Houston as well. I mean, or I'm sorry, not Houston. Um, East Carolina, rather. Um, they're not very good. No, they're not. But that game, and let me just go on a bit of a tangent here. Not a tangent, Ooh. but a rant. Just really quickly. I didn't really thoroughly watch the game. Um, I don't think I watched, a, well, I watched a bit of the second half. But by halftime, and we were up pretty good, and at that point, I was like, okay, I really don't need to watch this game that that much harder anymore. But the parts of the game that I did watch, oh my god, it was penalty after penalty <laughs> after penalty. Like I couldn't look away without there being a yellow screen in my face. ECU players play dirty, man. I mean, holy crap, cr- like, they should have gotten at least four targeting penalties against them, not two. They should have gotten like four. There were so many dirty plays from the ECU players. It was crazy. But also Cincinnati was they were we were kind of shooting ourselves in the foot with penalties. We were. 
for whatever reason, we couldn't get our stuff together. And while the score is a great point differential, don't get me wrong, to me, it could have been even better. I think the first quarter, Cincinnati's offense took too long to get going. I think it wasn't really until the second and beyond that the offense really started clicking and started doing well. Obviously, Jarrell White had a pick six, so that adds another touchdown to the to the mix. But um, anyway, I just, I don't know. I feel like this game was really sloppy in a lot of ways. I feel like this, this so many penalties... Let me let me let me see if I can find the penalties here. Um, Got to go to team stats. So oh, wait, I didn't realize that. Oh, Ritter did fumble because he yeah he did that really oh, bad. Scroll uh, back up and then scroll up go, and then go to um, team stats. There it is. Okay, penalties. Yeah, we had thirteen for hundred and fifty nine. It's not good. Some of them were pretty bad penalties. Like pretty bad calls. American refs suck. I cannot believe EC only has four for 45. But just, I mean, that's the thing. That was the thing about the game that really killed me was the penalties and the yards that we gave up. We just kept shooting ourselves in the foot. I don't think ECU should even have 17 points on the board. And we should have more. I would argue. I would argue that this this game should have been an even bigger blowout than it was. Hell, it should have been a shutout, if anything. Should have been sixty-three to nothing. It should have been. Yeah. I mean, we should have absolutely. Way, but I, they struggled for like the first half and just it was frustrating to watch. 30, they scored thirty-five points. No, they did. But I don't know. It was thirty-five to ten at the half. I know. And after that, that's when and I was. And what they gained six hundred and fifty-three yards. Yeah. Also, time of possession very close here. Cincinnati just barely edged out ECU by 20 seconds. East Carolina had it for 29 minutes and 50 seconds. That's the thing sometimes you, just, that's the thing sometimes you can't let the final score fool you. Like, no. From what the numbers you're telling me. But still, ECU did not belong on the same field. Oh, no. Absolutely not. It feels like Holden Aylers is like another... I mean, what? We had 327 passing yards, and or 354, actually, and then... 299 on the ground. We had almost 300 yards in both rushing and passing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, great game from Cincinnati overall, aside from the penalties. But what's funny is that is that time of possession. ECU had the ball for very darn close to the exact same amount of time that we had the That's ball. because they ran the ball every single play. Felt like. I understand. But they had the ball for just as long. But they only scored 17. That's pretty promising. Now, granted, again, this is a really terrible ECU team. But also, Holden Aylers feels like a Hunter Renfro. He's just kind of been here forever. He won't go away, it feels like. Well, he's going to be his one more year left. Does he really? We've played him, t- we've played him three times for a 3-0 against him. Huh. Let's, let's keep it that way. <laughs> By the way, how about the fake punt? Loved it. Yeah, loved it, loved too. Loved it. Loved Pat McAfee loved it, too. And they unbanged it. McAfee loved it. He, he actually called out the ECU coach uh, for, like, whining and crying about the, about the fake punt. Being up, how much were we up by, 42? It was, 40, it was 42 to 10 at the time. Okay, so we were up by 32 points. Um, yeah, he called him out for whining and crying about it. And apparently Luke Fickle said it wasn't even, like, a play call. Like, in the sense that they didn't call the play. And I don't know what that means. But I filmed that play for two years, and oh my god, they finally ran it. Now, what I was really bummed about was that Joe DeBlanco kept the ball, and then he didn't pitch it back to Jimmy. I think that would have been pretty cool. Let Jimmy get a touchdown on his senior night? Oh, that would have been, that been amazing. That would have been great. Yeah, that would have been 
That would have been just that would have been incredible. That would have been the real tip of the hat there. <laughs> really. See you later. Go home. Our punter just scored on yeah, you. Yeah, and if you're and Mike Houston, ECU's head coach. If you don't like it, stop it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, I don't want any whining and complaining. And Luke Fickle, like, you know, he apologized after the game for running up the score, which, I, which justifiably, yes, that's a classy move. But you shouldn't actually. You shouldn't have to apologize. No. This comes. This comes days after your. This comes days after you said that not only this game was a redemption from what happened last year against them, but this is also. But this whole season is redemption. And listen, if you're trying to go to the college football playoff, you need to make impressive wins exactly. happen. Exactly. Like the Cameron Young touchdown run. Oh, that yeah. was. Oh, that was so savage. No, that was no good for him. I mean, what? There was like 20 seconds left on the clock. Yeah, and you're th- and, and what? You're just gonna kneel the ball down, right? Ah, no. See ya. Cameron Young up the middle. He's a senior too. Yeah, I think that was his first touchdown. Just, I think it was his, only the second carry of his career. Whew. Yeah, I remember seeing on TV the on the footage. Carry. On the footage, it, like you see Ritter and Dokes and like all those guys like running up the sideline, like going to congratulate him. Super cool moment. Good for him. Um, yeah, it was a very cool moment and. On a night where, despite the 13 penalties for as many yards as they accumulated too, a lot of things went right for this Bearcats team. Agreed. Agreed. I think they just need to stop being stupid, you know, with the penalties. Some of them, again, bad calls by the refs and whatever. Yes, and particularly on Saturday, you better be, because, Mm -hmm. listen, this... You can't afford to give up any yards against uh, UCF. This UCF team... And I don't want to hear that, oh, they're not what they were last year or the year before. This is still UCF. Mm -hmm. They still have a good offense. They have an offense that put up almost 800 yards in one game. Yeah. Their quarterback threw for 601 yards in one game. Yep. Yeah. He has four games this season with 400 yards passing. Or more. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Oh, by the way, he's only a sophomore. Only a sophomore, too, yeah. Yeah, Dylan Gabriel, quite the, uh, quite the spectacle. People, I, you know, I honestly thought Mackenzie Milton was going to come back this year. It feels or, like a, or that he was going to play this doesn't year. Doesn't it feel like a lifetime ago Mackenzie Milton played? Yeah, it does. Feels like a really long time ago. Like 2017 was his uh, was his last full season. Yeah, and then he was injured in the last in the final regular season game of 2018 against USF. I remember that game. Well, of course, it, well, no, no offense. The, I mean, it was a terrible injury, but. It comes one week after we played them. Yeah. So, but I shouldn't have even mentioned that. That was a year ago this past weekend, the UCF game. Yes. Crazy to think because, like, I, I was. Or two years ago. I was two reading, years ago. Two yeah, years I was ago. reading back to something Mo Egger wrote in The Athletic after the game about how UCF at the time was who the Bearcats needed to aspire to be if they wanted to accomplish their goals of winning a conference championship. Mm because at that time UCF was on a 22 game winning streak. Yeah. And they were the team that was at the top of the group of 5 and their fans were advocating for that they should have a shot at the college football playoff. Yeah. Now that's Cincinnati. But the but the thing is, but the thing is, Sean, the Bearcats don't have what UCF has Four of. Is it four? I think it's, it's BCS. It's three or four. Or not BCS, but New Year's Six. Ah, okay. 
I thought you well, and they've also been to, they well. Don't forget too, they went to the Fiesta Bowl when it was still a part of the BCS in 2013. Yeah. Luke Fickle has called this team the Luke Fickle calls this team the most talented team in the conference. And I mean, rightfully so, they are. How can you contest that? Well, offensively at least, defensively they're kind of. Oh, you're wait. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about. Never mind. Um, also, another news: James Wiseman just got selected to go to the Golden State Warriors. How about that? Good for him. Golden, St- Golden State's Golden State's gonna be back next year. They probably will be. Yeah, unfortunately, or fortunately, how depending on how you look. It's at better it. for the NBA, I think. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree. I think it'd be interesting. But anyway, to have but anyway, with West. this game, so like we think about, you know, we're trying to accomplish what UCF has already done, mm-hmm. and that's win a conference championship. But you can't overlook this game. No, absolutely not. And you shouldn't. You should never. You shouldn't look over any game. Ever. Period. Doesn't matter who the opponent is. You can't overlook any opponent. It was... Yeah, and... Remember Virginia Tech Old Dominion? Oh, yeah. Or Virginia Tech JMU? I just watched like a whole 15-minute video. Or um, Oklahoma, Kansas State? Yeah. Twice? Yeah, twice. The reason I bring up Virginia Tech twice is because um, I watched like a 15-minute video today about the demise of Virginia Tech football over the years. Actually, not a bad video. Because they just lost to Liberty. Now, granted, Liberty's off to their best start ever in school yeah, history. Yeah, Tech just lost to Miami, Florida, too, so. Yeah. Anyway. That's a good team, though. I feel, like, I feel like we can, you know, we can mention so many things about this game. What makes UCF so great? They have a, a very talented receiving court. They're running the football at over 200 yards a clip a game. But the key is, um, but I think because we know how to play against them, like last year we unleashed the three-three-five defense, mm. and we've stayed with it ever since. We we can utilize that certainly, and you're going to use a lot of defensive players. Like we're going to see guys who we're not who we're not used to seeing. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, first of all, we talked about the depth on the defense. It just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. It does. I mean, let's look at the secondary. James Wiggins, Javon Hicks, Derek Forrest, uh, Kobe, Ahmad Gardner, Ahmad Gardner, Jarrell White, Joel DeBlanco, uh, Arquan's back as yep. well. Ty Van Fossen. Ty Van Fossen. Taj Listen, Ward. Taj Ward. Eh. Yeah, Taj Ward, yeah. He's pretty talented. That's 10 guys right there. I feel like there's more. You haven't even mentioned the defensive line yet. You haven't even started with the defensive line. Darian Beavers, that's 11. Yeah. My J. Sanders. My J. Sanders. That, well, Long. okay, but that's, that, that's not the secondary, though. Well, neither was Jarrell White or Jarrell DeBlanco. He just went straight to them. Yeah, I kind of consider linebackers secondary. Kind of. Do you? Have. I do. I consider it secondary. Okay. It may not actually be secondary, but for whatever reason, I just consider it secondary. We haven't even mentioned the defensive line yet. Yeah, my J. Now, however, the Bearcats are missing. As far as we know, uh, Elijah Ponder Hasn't is ruled out, out yet. Is not ruled out, but did limp off the field. Um, uh, on Friday's game against and ECU. that's a big loss. That's a big loss for sure. But uh, you do still have MyJ. You still do have Marcus Brown. Um, you have... Curtis Brooks. Curtis Brooks. Jabari Taylor. Jabari Ethan Taylor. Tucky. Ethan Tucky. Uh, again, you still have a solid D-line even without Ponder, but that's just one less guy to be on the line to get to Dylan Gabriel. Um, and stop their rushing attack because they can throw... They can throw Otis Anderson, Greg McRae... Bentavious Thompson, they can throw three running backs at you. That's why they're able. The thing that makes UCF, the thing that makes UCF so great, is that their rushing attack, which is I think what they are able to feed off of with their passing game, 
is that they can throw three running backs at you. Yeah, they can. They can, absolutely. Um, and that's where you got to be careful, though. You can't overlook their run game. You, you know, you can think about their passing game as much as you want, but you got to remember their run game isn't bad either. Now, now exactly. Cincinnati's run game, I would argue, is even better. Jared yes. Dokes, as the season has gone on, I feel has just continually progressed. Top rushing attack in the league for the Bearcats, UCF is number two. So we're going to see the top two rushing teams in the league on Saturday. It's unfortunate that Charles McClellan isn't part of that mix, though. I feel so bad for him. I Yeah, you, you do feel bad for him. But like I said, when I said after the SMU game, the injury is not going to impact this team like you think it might. Mm-hmm. Dokes has been great. Ford's been good off the off the bench. I mean, we saw Ethan Wright for some glimpses on Friday night. Ethan Wright, yeah, that's right. I forgot about him. He, the first play, they ran um, uh, passing the flat. Yeah. And I think you saw the potential there. And where is he at? I'm trying to find him on here. Here he, he is. had two for twenty one. That's pretty good. The freshman out of Akron. Okay, see, you know that's funny because I saw this kid. His number is thirty three, right? Yeah. Yes. I saw I saw number thirty three. I'm like, who is thirty three? Who is this kid? He's actually doing pretty good, and I kind of forgot about him. Um, I don't know. Was he a three star, four star? Was he a three star? Probably. Very likely. I don't remember. I don't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, we got we got a good running attack still because you still have Ryan Montgomery too as well. Here's the here's what makes this. Luke Fickle mentioned this last night in his radio show on Seven Hundred. Ethan Wright finished second. In Mr. Ohio football, mm-hmm. to Evan Prater. Oh, yeah. by the way, he's also here. Yeah. So look at the recruiting that's been done. That's kind of crazy that you think about that. The top two Mr. Ohio football players didn't go to Ohio State. That's crazy. That's really yeah. Crazy. It just speaks to what Luke Fickle's done as a recruiter. I mean, think about think about Sean where we were. Um, oh, you know what? It was. Three years ago today, that the Bearcats lost forty-eight to twenty at East Carolina. That was a butt whooping. Yeah, Luke Fickle said after the game they had some soul searching to do on the ride home. Well, ever since then, they have won um, nineteen consecutive home games. They have won, let's see, 1, 11, 12, 11, 23, and then seven. they've won 30 games since then. Mm-hmm. They have lost a grand total of five. They're 30 and five since then. Wait, was that the game just before the UConn game? Yeah, so okay. ECU was the second to last game in 2017. Got it. I mean, it was horrible. I mean, it was a horrible loss. Heck, even the UConn game was like a terrible win. <laughs> The UConn kicker missed the extra point yeah. with an empty Nippert Stadium. It was Mike Boone's last game, too. And, um, oh, no, I forgot his name. Who's the O-lineman? Went to the NFL. Corey Cunningham? Corey Cunningham, yeah, it was his last game, too. God, times have changed since then, haven't they? Yeah, I remember, I remember watching his interview after the game with Corey Cunningham. And uh, I just remember him talking about, yeah, it's good to go out on a win in Nippert. And like, it's, it's really cool to see, like, was that the was that the start? No, that couldn't be the start of the of the home game winning streak, is it? It was. Oh, it was the start. Okay, yeah. that was the start of what is now a nineteen game winning streak. That's crazy. At home. Yeah, and the hope is you'll get another opportunity. Yeah, you can potentially make it twenty, um, assuming that you get the conference championship game here. Which, it, as the season keeps progressing, it's looking like it will be that case. 
I think even if we lose a game, I think we still are in the run to just host it. I think. Well, if you're going to... Then you can only lose one game. No, you can only lose one game. And I think you preferably need to beat Tulsa. Oh, you need to whoop the crap out of Tulsa. The problem is... The problem is... If we keep winning... If we win the next two games and are 9-0 to face Tulsa, but Tulsa keeps winning and Tulsa beats us, guess what? Tulsa hosts the championship. Yep. That's the thing. Now, I'm not... Here's the but here's the thing. For as great as the for as great as the Bearcats have been this season, particularly the last four weeks, they haven't really accomplished much if you think about it. Us? Yeah. Now yeah, they have two wins against AP top twenty five teams. Fine. They beat a very good Memphis team by thirty nine points. Fine. They haven't played UCF. They haven't clinched a spot in the championship game. They haven't won a conference championship yet, and so they've been they're, 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 they've been as high as number six. They're currently number seven. There's buzz about maybe them making the college football playoff, but ladies and gentlemen, what have they accomplished? Yeah, I mean, two top twenty-five wins. That's about it. Which that's not something to underscore. No, that's not something you can just turn and cough at. I mean, that's still something that's that's a huge. Uh accomplishment for for a team like this but like luke vickle said ucf is who the bear is the team that you know this this league and the road to the championship has gone through the last i even last year Mm -hmm. look we knew going into the season that yes the bearcats had great potential but we also knew that ucf was still the favorites because of what they had accomplished the previous two seasons Mm mm-hmm and even going into this season, it was, well, Memphis is really good. They're returning everybody. UCF kind of got lost in the shuffle, and that's what the Bearcats included because the Bearcats, we knew who they were returning. And UCF, despite them losing two games this season, one of them they should never have lost. The other, quite frankly, both games that they have lost this season, they shouldn't have lost. Yeah. They should be 7-0 right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the two losses that they have this season are at home against Tulsa, 34-26, and at Memphis, 50-49. Yeah. So it'll be interesting um, because, you know, Tulsa's a team that we still have to fear. I mean, they did beat UCF. You know, they're not going to be a joke to take on. That's going to be a road game. It's going to be in December. It's going to be at Tulsa. Um, you can't, I mean, you you got you to gotta be really careful. Well, you can't worry about that game, though, because you still have UCF and then Temple next week, which I don't think is going to be as big of a challenge as people might think it is. Oh, no. Here's the thing. You have to you have to take it one game at a time. UCF is going to come ready to play this game. Luke Fickle knows the importance of this game, and he mentioned that first wave of energy that UCF is going to bring. If you can weather that, then you can weather any other wave of energy that they, that you, that they throw at the Cincinnati team. But you are going to have to play a near-perfect game. Here's... Here's where I feel confident, Sean, going into this game, where I wasn't necessarily that way the previous two times we faced this UCF Knights team. It's that offensively, I think we can compete. I think we can compete in a shootout with them. I agree. And then we've got an elite defense as well. Which does help. And the defense, as we have seen, has traveled. Now, here's the other thing too, Sean. This is only the second road game the Bearcats have played this season. Yeah. Right. They're not they're not used to traveling. They've only traveled one time this season and and the one time they did, they had two weeks off prior to that. 
Mm -hmm. So this is basically the first time they played a home game and then traveled to a road game since uh, last year. That's pretty crazy. That's that's really weird. Um, it'll be a test. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I, I, heck, I didn't even think about that whole road game stat. Um, it's what, it's UCF this week, Temple next week, right? Yeah, UCF, Temple, Tulsa. Yeah, we got a couple of, we got a few tough games to finish out the season. We really do. I mean, I think if you win this weekend, then you, you pretty much clinch a spot to host the championship game. I think you, you clinch the championship game. If you win the next three, then obviously you're hosting the championship game. Right. But. That could be fun. Or it will be. Yeah, it will be. It'll be very fun. I'll probably be here. I'll probably come to that game. Ooh, I don't see why it wouldn't be. What 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 day is that supposed December to be? December the 19th? Yeah, I should be able to make that. I'm definitely making that. Um. Anyway, so. Um, score predictions. Hmm. Well, after SMU, I can't pick against the Cats. Um, however, well, hang on, let's go back to the, uh, let, me, let me take a look at the over-under here for a moment. Uh, UCF is actually favored to win this game. What? No. no well, not. right here, the matchup predictor. Oh, the matchup predictor? But Cincinnati's favored to win by six. Uh, the over-under is 63 and a half. I'm taking the over. I'm taking the under, actually. I think I will take the under. I feel like this is actually going to be a pretty close game. Uh, you know, I think Cincinnati's defense will be able to step up in this game as they have in every game, and they might be able to shut down UCF. Like, shut down UCF, meaning not let them score more than, like, 25 points or 30 points, somewhere in that area. Um, but I don't think Cincinnati's going to score a whole lot either. I feel like Cincinnati might only score maybe 40, maybe 40, if that. That is still a lot. Still a lot of points, but I don't think, I think it's going to be under, personally. So give me Cincinnati 34, UCF 27. All right. So Cincinnati has never won a road game at UCF. They're 0-2. Mm -hmm. And this series is only a five-year-old series. UCF leads it three games to two. It'll be even after Saturday. I think the Bearcats will win. I think there will be points put up on the board, but I think the Bearcats will put up more points than UCF, of course. So I'll take the Bearcats 45-34. Wow. That is a really high-scoring affair. I just think because UCF is playing at home, they're going to put points up on the board. Oh, sure. I don't doubt that. Now, then again, we saw what happened with SMU. Yeah. But SMU is not UCF. Right. See, there's there's tiers of off, there, there, there's tiers of offenses and how lethal they are in this conference. UCF is alone by themselves. Then you have SMU, Memphis, and I'll even put us in there. I throw us in there. Yeah, two, three, and four. And then you got... Um, the other seven, which, well... Well, no, I would say you would throw Tulsa in that third level. Yeah, they're, Tulsa's in the, th in the third level. Who else um, would be in that third level? Houston, I, I, maybe. Maybe Houston. 
Memphis. Memphis is on the second level. Yeah, Memphis in the second level. You're We're right. with Memphis and SMU. That, those, are, those are your top four. And then, I mean, your bottom feeders are what? Temple, East USF, ECU, and then Tulane. And then and Tulane's got an okay offense. Navy's offense has been a little dormant this season. Yeah. Navy's been a dormant program for a few years. They were good last year. That's true. All right, college football this week. You got games pulled up? I'll pull them up here. Uh, by the way, congratulations to the uh, St. X Bombers. Um, you stole my line. You know I what? was going to say it. Well, now you don't, but now you don't have to say it because you're an elder grad. Yeah, and so I was still going to say it. Well, good for you. I told you I was rooting for them. They wiped the floor with Pick Central. Yeah, they really. And good for them, honestly. Now, here's another thing. Will UCF's defense be able to contain Desmond Ritter and his running ability? Because he is a dual-threat quarterback for what it's worth. I doubt it. I doubt it, too. I think Desmond Ritter is going to save the game with his legs. I think he's going to make stuff happen. All right, so college football this week. Uh, game's going on currently right now in the MAC. Maction. Maction. Tied at the half, Northern Illinois and Ball State, 14 all. Toledo 24-7, they lead Eastern Michigan at the half, and then 24 seconds remaining in the second quarter, Western Michigan leads Central Michigan 28-14, coming off that game where they won on the fake spike. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, last night, Buffalo over Bowling Green 42-17, Kent State over Akron 69-35. Nice. Uh, and then Ohio and Miami was canceled. That sucks. That really sucks. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, American Conference action on ESPN, Tulane, and number 25, Tulsa. 25, Tulsa. That's something you see every day. Tulane's 5-4. and four. They've been respectable this season. They just, can't put together, they just can't put together a winning streak. What if they could beat Tulsa, though? That would be, That'd be huge. huge for us. That'd be, but do, we don't necessarily want that, though. I think we want Tulsa to be as good as I'd they can be. i say you don't. That is very, very true. Now, it, we, again, it would help us in some ways, but it also might not help us in some ways. So, just enjoy the game. Yeah. Uh, Friday night on ESPN at seven o'clock. Great matchup here. Syracuse one and seven. Louisville two and six. Great game. Yeah. Definitely has college football playoff implications. Mm -hmm. uh, Big Ten Network at seven thirty. Purdue and Minnesota. Give me Purdue. Uh, that's really the only other game you need to know for tomorrow. Uh, moving to Saturday. Well, hey, well, Florida Atlantic and UMass. Oh, whoop de doo. I had a brother went to FAU. Okay. And I like Air Force. Air Force versus New Mexico. All right. And we practiced, well, we played at UEB, but that game got canceled. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Saturday at noon on Fox, Sean, number nine, Indiana, number three, Ohio State. Go Hoosiers. Go Hoosiers. But if the Hoosiers win, wouldn't they jump us? Um, probably. So, no, they would. They would. So we want Ohio State to win. <sighs> yeah, I think we do. Okay. But I kind of want to see Indiana beat Ohio State. So do I, but it's not going to happen. Ohio I State. When the last time Indiana and Ohio State faced off as top 10 opponents? Ohio State is a minus 20.5 point favorite. I think this, like, Indiana got their first win as a top 10 team since, like, the 1970s this past year. That weekend. had to have been the last time they faced Ohio State as a top 10 team. Maybe. Uh, the line, the overrunner on that game is 66.5. Holy cow. It's like the under. I think, it's, I think Ohio State's going to dominate the game. Give me the over, actually. All right, here we go. Uh, noon on ABC, number four, Clemson at Florida State. Trevor Lawrence back after... You blow out. 
Clemson will win that game by about 35. ESPN at noon. Great game here. Number six, Florida and winless Vanderbilt. Go Vandys. Yeah. We do need Vanderbilt to win. We do need Vanderbilt to win. All right. And we also need Florida State to win. Great matchup on ESPN, too. Number 15, Coastal Carolina, 7-0, taking on the 6-1 Appalachian State Mountaineers. Oh, that'll be a really good game. I'll take Coastal Carolina. Give me Coastal. Yeah, I think their run game is really good. Uh, Big Ten Network has Illinois, Nebraska, or Michigan State, Memphis Maryland. Memphis taking on SF Austin. Eh, well. I mean, that's like an American game. How can you not mention that? that? Is, I should have mentioned that. You're right. You mentioned Syracuse versus Louisville, that's but not Memphis. That's because was on ESPN. So? I don't uh, care about that conference. SEC Network at noon, LSU and Arkansas. Give me the Razorbacks. Yeah, I'm going Arkansas there, too. The line is LSU minus two, but I'm taking Arkansas given that it's in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, How has Texas State played 10 games? I have, I have no idea. That's wacky. All right, so here we go. Uh, of course, Cincinnati UCF 330 on ESPN. Mark Jones, Dusty Dvorak, and Quinn Kessinich will have the call. 3.30 on ABC, great matchup here. Number 10, Wisconsin, at number 19, Northwestern. That'll be a really good game. I'm going to pull for uh, Northwestern there, actually. I'm going Wisconsin. They made a statement last week in Michigan. They did. Uh, well, you forgot to mention BYU, and I know this isn't a big game, but BYU-North Alabama. But BYU's had a lot of talk this season about jumping us, and they've their fans are talking smack about us and whatever, and... But they've beaten nobody. Well, they can't drink beer, so they're going to trash talk us. That's, that's, that's exactly what they're going to do. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm, well, actually, I mean, they really can't. But like, look at, I mean, just we're going to play UCF, and they're going to play North Alabama. Who the hell is North Alabama? Who the hell is North Alabama? A team in this in the northern part of Alabama, probably. But yeah. Uh, anyway, Wisconsin's a minus seven and a half point favorite. Our uh, Los Angeles branch is taking on Oregon. This is true. ESPN 2 at 3.30. I'll take Oregon in that game. Give me Oregon, yeah. Uh, Big Ten Network at 3.30. Iowa and Penn State. Penn State is 0-4. This is like the third time in their program history, I think, that they've started 0-4. First time a team that was ranked in the top 10 in the preseason starts 0-4 since 1984. Wow. I feel bad for Penn State. They have... Bad season for them. They have significantly fallen off the rails. Watch them bounce back next year and bounce back hard. Yeah. CBS at 330's got San Diego State and Nevada. Give me Nevada. Uh, FS1 at 330's got Cal and Oregon State. SEC Network at 4. Two winless teams. And number one, Alabama. Well, Cal and Oregon? Yeah. Well, they're 0-1, 0-2. You can't really. Yeah, they're still winless. Fox at 4 o'clock has Kansas State at number 17, Iowa State. Give me Iowa State. ACC Network at 4 o'clock, a pair of 4-4 four four teams, Vatek and Pitt. Give me Pitt. In that game. I will take Pitt as well. I don't trust Vatek. Nope. ESPN at 7. Number 23, Auburn hosts Tennessee. That's a trap game. I would watch Auburn Tennessee. Auburn's 4-2, and I feel like that's, that's a struggle for them to get there. No, it's been a nothing but a struggle. I mean, they lost to South Carolina. <laughs> that is true. I'll take Auburn in, in this game, though. Give me Auburn, though, but it's a trap game, so be careful. SEC Network at 7.30. Number 13, Georgia will be hosting Mississippi State. Yeah, give me Georgia in that game. 7.30 on ABC, number 14. I shouldn't even just say the teams. 7.30 on ABC, Bedlam. Bedlam. Number 14, Oklahoma State. Number 18, Oklahoma. I am going to roll with the Cowboys. I don't know if I really trust Oklahoma State, to be honest with you. 
Give me Oklahoma. It is such a lopsided rivalry in favor of Oklahoma. I don't trust Oklahoma State. Give me Oklahoma. All right. Um, How about Liberty taking on NC State? That'll be a fun matchup. 8-0 Liberty versus 5-3 NC State. Liberty's best start in program history. Good I'll take um, I'll take Liberty. I'll take Liberty. Uh, it is on the road. Yes. So be careful. Big Ten Network at 7.30. Michigan and Rutgers. Good God. Ugh. If Michigan loses this game, which in all likelihood they could. See you, Jim Harbaugh. But who's better? That's the question. Oh, well, if Rutgers wins, then it's Rutgers. Well, then the Bengals will hopefully get Jim Harbaugh. Uh, eight o'clock. Do you really on... want that though? Yes. Mm. He was five yards away from winning the Super Bowl. Okay, great. What do you mean? Okay, great. I mean, okay, great. That was with Colin Kaepernick. Okay, great. Yeah, no. I wouldn't take Jim Harbaugh. Well, whatever. Me personally, Fox, I think in the long run it wouldn't work out. Fox at eight, Arizona and Washington, ESPN at ten thirty, Pac twelve after dark. Number twenty USC at Utah. Utah playing their first game of the season. Go Trojans, beat Mormons. 10.30 on FS1, Washington State and Stanford. Uh, some games that have been postponed this week. Number 5, Texas A&M was supposed to play Ole Miss. Number 12, Miami was supposed to host Georgia Tech. Did you say Texas Tech? Georgia Tech. Oh. Wait, you, wait, huh, wait. Texas A&M. Texas A&M is supposed to take on Ole Miss. Okay, yes. I'm sorry, I got it. Number 15, Marshall was slated to play Charlotte. Number 22 was slated to play at Kansas. Uh, number 24, Louisiana, was supposed to host Central Arkansas. Wake Forest, Duke, Houston, SMU were postponed. Some games canceled. Navy and South Florida was postponed. Arizona State and Colorado was postponed. Canceled. UL Monroe and La Tech was canceled, and so was UNLV and Colorado State. Yeah. Also, Ohio State had their Maryland game canceled as well. This is true. It would have been interesting with, with, to see what Talia would have done against Ohio State. Probably not much, but yeah. still would have been interesting to see. Now, my thing is, Ohio State just got a game canceled. How but, many, you, but you heard Luke Fickle said yesterday that the, style, that the style points always go to the Power 5 schools. That's true, they do. Which is a shame. It shouldn't be that way. This no. is why there needs to be an expanded playoff. I agree. I would, like, like, look, Ohio State just canceled a game. What, now they're playing uh, seven regular season games? Or is it eight? Eight. They're playing eight, I believe eight regular season games, and they're probably going to go to the Big Ten Championship. So they win nine games, assuming they win out, which they probably will. They play nine games. And the more I think about it, like the Penn State win, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good win, but it, it's not turning out to be it's that way. It's not turning out to be that way, no. So now you're going to say that, you know, you're going to side with my argument here. That no, matters, I'm not going to side with your it argument. Matters where, it matters where the team ends no. rather than where the team was at the, at the time you beat them. No. Which there is... I guess you're. I, I see your point. I think your dynamic plays into my dynamic. I think it's a factor that should be considered, but I don't think if you had to go with one or the other, I would go my way. Obviously, but no, well, I'm gonna go mine. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the Penn State win ended up being not a whole lot to brag about. Um, but I don't know. I just it's so dumb. Like, how many games are we playing this season, including the conference championship game? 11. 11. We can go 11-0, and and Ohio State can go 9-0. and Still get in the playoff, and we don't get talked about. Now, granted, again, Ohio State plays in a better conference. They're a more elite team, whatever. But still. Just a little, a little annoying to me. 
So, style points is what it is, I guess. All right. I hate the power. Um, do we want to talk about the NFL? There, I mean, no. Bengals are at Washington Sunday at one. There you go. That's all I'll mention. Two of the worst teams in the league, basically. Well, you do get to see the number one and the number two overall draft picks on the same field. That's true. Joe Burrow for the Bengals, Chase Young for the Washington football team. At the same time, nonetheless. This is a true statement. Yeah, so that'll be... What I hope doesn't happen is the Bengals lose, and then we have people say, oh, you should have taken Chase Young. No. No. Um, Give me Joe Burrow every time. Give me Joe Burrow any day of the week. Yeah. It's not even a question. I I mean, honestly... Um, so basketball has had some additions to the schedule. A little bit. Men's basketball, Lipscomb, uh, Georgia game is still happening on December the 19th, Tennessee on December 12th. Oh, so we'd have a conference championship game and the Georgia game on the same day. This is, yeah. Wow. Magical game. Now, see, now in previous years, we would have the conference championship and the crosstown shootout. Or at least in 2017, that happened. Last year, it happened. And last year, didn't last last twenty seventeen, it happened, but we didn't um, play in the championship games. So no, we didn't. No, we didn't. But last year, it did happen again, and we played in the championship game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I remember like trying to keep. I kind of forgot about that happening last year because I do remember trying to keep the uh, that was we the had, score updated. I, I I kept having to ask Siri what the score was for the Xavier game. I had it on in the uh, in the press box where Ethan and I were commentating the game, and we had a staff member um, at the CentOS Center reporting back to us what was happening. Yeah, I I didn't watch a single moment of that game. I don't know how it went. I know we lost, but I don't know if it was bad. I don't know if it was a it wasn't bad. But Jaron Cumberland, if you remember, had that hip injury that he suffered in the uh, Vermont game a few days prior. Mm-hmm. I actually do remember that. Is the, do you do you not feel as excited for basketball season because of everything, and then like because uh, it just feels like it keeps dragging on? Yeah, and two days and two days ago, the NCAA came out and said, "All right, we're going to play. We're going to have the the entire March Madness tournament, the NCAA tournament in Indianapolis around the Indianapolis area." Yeah. Well, what sense does that make? I mean, they're probably going to have them play in. Well, you can't play in high school gyms. Those aren't very big courts. But okay, you can have them in four regions. But you're still you still have sixty four teams, in at least one state. Yeah. Whereas you only if you if you would do it the traditional way, you would only have eight teams, in one city. And I guess, I, but I think it limits travel though because. Then you have to think about the different states' laws and stuff like that, and I think there's a lot of more yeah, that, that is true. It. I understand that, but like I, I think of it this way: like if, if you have why have 64 teams in very close to each other when you can have just eight teams in one city, and then only two of those teams make it out of that city and go to the Sweet 16? They may even go to different cities depending on um, what region they're in. Well, let's also see where this vaccine goes. That's the other thing, too. Like, if, if, if there's enough vaccinations by then, couldn't we just go back to the traditional format? Potentially. It depends on the numbers and depends on how far the vaccine is. No. Depends. Because, I mean, they're going to get it out to the people who need it most there's first. There's so much involved in this. I mean, I mean... COVID's officially a year old, by the way. First cases reported in China. Yeah, I, hope, I hope it's the last birthday it has. Yeah, I agree. I hope it dies young. Um... Well, there's a song by Billy Joel called Only the Good Die Young, but this is a no good. This is a no good. And it will die young. But 
COVID, no Anywho. good. No good COVID. Um, yeah, I, my, my excitement for basketball has kind of dipped a little bit. But I'm still excited nonetheless because there's just something about the air of a basketball, of a college basketball season that's different. The air just changes, the atmosphere changes. There's just something different about a college basketball season. You feel like an upset can happen every night. Oh, because it can. And we saw it last year. But I I, I just miss, like, Sean, because normally when you get to the start of college basketball season, you think about you have the Champions Classic, you have the Big Ten ACC Challenge, got all these preseason events, these early season events. Malibu. Yeah, Maui Maui Invitational, which we're in in the 2023 season, I believe. Or 2022-2023. Now, one thing that's unfortunate is that we probably won't be calling the Xavier game. There's a very good chance we probably won't be calling the Crosstown Shootout. I'm banking on the fact that we may not be able to comment in any game this year. Yeah, that, that's a real bummer. Um, that's why I'm looking into coming back. Because next year we get Louisville here. That'll be a great game. I'll definitely want to do extra curriculars before that game. And maybe not commentate. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, you're already doing that for the Notre Dame game next year. Oh, man, I forgot about that game. How could I? Man, that's going to be fun. By the way. Can't wait to go to South By Bend. the way, you can hate Brian Kelly. You can hate Notre Dame all you want. You have to root for them to win out. You do now, yeah. Which, by the way, that was a great college football game. That was a fantastic. That was arguably the best college football game that's been played this season. Best this season? Maybe the best, I think, since at least Louisville-Clemson as far as regular season games are concerned. Ooh, okay. That's a good claim. I don't know. LSU-Texas was a pretty good game. LSU-Alabama last year was a really good game. Yeah, but LSU, like, they led that game by so much. That's true. This game was back and forth the entire time. Well, really, in the end, at least. Yeah. Maybe Bedlam in 2017 when Baker threw for nearly 600 yards. (laughs) But at least in this game, Notre Dame's rush defense was fantastic. Yeah, they were. They played, but they played very well. So you need to root for Notre Dame to win out. Now Clemson is traveling Chapel Hill, right? Or Notre Dame is traveling Chapel Hill. Yeah, but I I wouldn't worry about that game honestly. Like I, I mean, Boston College was a trap game. Boston College was a trap game, and they handled their business. Well, wait, is it Clemson going to Chapel Hill or is it Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Clemson no, okay. Doesn't, Clemson doesn't play North Carolina. At least Clemson's not yet. remaining schedule is uh, Florida State, Pitt, and Vatek. Oh, those should be three easy wins. Notre Dame's remaining schedule is... Obviously, North Carolina. They're at North Carolina. They... It'll be so weird to see Notre Dame in a conference championship game. If 2020's taught me anything, it's that anything's possible. Well, I think they will be. So, Notre Dame's got at North Carolina next week, Friday on ABC... They're at home against Syracuse, and then they're at Wake Forest. I'll take three wins there. Clemson's got, um, just to confirm, but I, I think I said this correctly, Clemson has at Florida State on, on Saturday versus Pitt on Saturday the 28th, and then they're at Vatech on December 5th. I also saw a rumor that there's discussions going on about delaying the playoff. I did too. And those were rumored from like five days ago that I somehow didn't see. So, interesting. It's easy to get your head wrapped around that, but like for me, 
I, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I agree with that. I th- I think and this is it's all so headache inducing to talk about if you delay the college football playoff. It's just annoying at that point. I feel like, but. And then like, what's the point of playing these games now if you're going to delay the playoff? Yeah, it's gonna you know to give Ohio State a chance to play more games or so, I don't know. But they don't have any games scheduled. No, they don't. And I don't think they will be able to schedule anything else, but it doesn't make any sense. Um, Is that it for today's show? Or? I, think that's, I mean, I think we've covered just about everything, really. Big game on Saturday. Big game on Saturday, 3.30 ESPN. Be there, be square. Bearcast may or may not be doing a remote broadcast of the game. I'll be at home this weekend. Got a brother coming in town awaiting a COVID mm-hmm. test. Not that I think I have COVID, but... You got a big weekend coming up. I've got a big week. Heck. Yeah, you got a... I've had a big, like, month. And let me tell you, that, uh, that Red River Gorge trip, a lot of fun. Hey, Very yeah. much needed that. But, anywho, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Or I should say, thanks for listening, <laughs> rather. Um, thanks for t- uh, listening to our show. Uh, I'm Sean McMahon, joined always by Alex Frank. 3.30 ESPN, Cincinnati, number seven, taking on UCF at home. UCF's home, rather, the bounce house. Kind of a scary stadium to be in when it's shaking like crazy. Be there, be square, and go Cats.